It's time to talk San Diego Padres. This is Inside San Diego Baseball from 97.3 The Fan and the Padres Radio Network. Here's Sam Levitt. Hey, everybody, and welcome into another edition of Inside San Diego Baseball. Great to have you with us as we continue to get closer and closer to the start of spring training. Hard to believe we are just about three weeks away from the start of Padres spring training in Peoria, Arizona. I am super, super excited to get out there. We're going to have tons of great content for you, both here on the podcast channel, on 97.3 The Fan Social Media, on my social media, every day over the airwaves on 97.3 The Fan and uh, should be a lot of fun as we continue to get ready for maybe the most anticipated season in the history of the San Diego Padres. Before we get to our interview today with Chase Darno, really looking forward to uh, having you hear that conversation. A couple of items. Uh, number one, Padres Fan Fest on February 4th at Petco Park. I will be there all day on February 4th. So if you are heading out to Fan Fest, please feel free to say hi. Uh, don't be shy. Say hello. And uh, looking forward to seeing a lot of folks out there uh, for Fan Fest at Petco Park on February 4th, and if you have not seen, the lineup is star-studded. Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, Jake Cronenworth, Xander Bogarts. The list goes on and on and on. That is going to be a very memorable event at Petco Park. Also, if you do not subscribe to our podcast channel, uh, please do so either on the Odyssey app or wherever you hear your podcasts. Uh, If you have something nice to say, leave a five-star rating. Like I said, I should have at least a few more podcasts coming out out over the course of uh, the next few weeks, so you don't want to miss any of that. Joining me on today's episode is Chase Darno, who spent seven seasons in the major leagues, mostly as an infielder, played for a number of different teams, the Pirates, the Phillies, the Braves, the Red Sox, played 22 games with the Padres in 2017, played 42 games with the Giants in 2018. Chase and I talk about the Padres, Xander Bogarts, and a number of different topics. Uh, Chase grew up in Southern California, so we get his perspective on uh, this Padres-Dodgers rivalry heading into 2018. 23 really really good conversation with chase darno here it is chase really appreciate you doing this thanks so much for joining me excited to talk to you for the first time i want to start with what this time of year looks like for a hitter a few weeks out from spring training uh you're about to get into the day-to-day grind of being in baseball going to spring training opening day typically a few weeks out from spring training what does a hitter's preparation look like right now? Gosh, that's a great question. And uh, it really depends on, on what kind of player you are. I think that a lot of the veteran players have ironed out the kinks and they know what it takes to prepare for spring training. A lot of these guys know that they're going to truly have spring training to prepare. A lot of these younger guys that, that have to prove themselves and that are trying to earn a spot and may have been hitting a lot earlier than these other guys. And they're also refining their process to make sure that they're going to be best prepared for their seasons. So right now, uh, I think most guys are really ramping it up, putting their cleats on, taking some grounders. Mm. Uh, in the cage, they're up in their reps. Uh, most guys like to take a month off, right? The offseason begins, take a month off, reboot, and then get the body back to where you want it to be. And then once you get your body strong enough, then pick up the bat, start swinging. But you know, once the holidays are over, that's when it's time to kick things into gear. And it's always a, a really, it's it was always a bittersweet thing for me because I love spending time at home with my family, but I love playing baseball and getting out there. And then once I get out there, you're just consumed by the sport in the best way. 
And you're so right. It, it's so consuming once you get the spring training, doing it every day, get into the season. And then hopefully if you're a, a good team, you're not done until late October, sometimes early November. So it's certainly a grind. Uh, Chase, this Padres team, obviously it's it's an, an incredibly exciting time in San Diego. Um, one could argue this is the most anticipated Padres season in the team's history, the big signing of Xander Bogarts, we'll talk more about him in a second, your time with the Boston organization playing uh, alongside Bogarts. But generally, from signing Bogarts to signing Seth Lugo, Matt Carpenter, Nelson Cruz, bringing back Robert Suarez, bringing back Nick Martinez, and, and what the Padres have done, how do you view this Padres offseason and what they have going into 2023? Look, it's been really productive. I mean, you could say wonderful things about all of those players that you just mentioned, but in the, the macro few things, when it comes to the team dynamic, championship teams are comprised of a mix of veteran leaders who know how to get uh, the best out of their young talent. And I think the Padres have put together a roster that does that. I mean, think about all those names that you just put out there and the success that those guys have had, and they all want to win a championship. I mean, they have, they have money. Like these guys have, have, have earned that, and now they want to have the ring. And there are some guys out there that are veterans who don't have that ring yet that are really hungry. But there are also guys on the team that have won a championship before who have been a part of a dynamic and knows what it's like to be uh, in championship series. So it will be very, very, very exciting to be a Padres fan this year. And regardless of the ups and downs that each season brings, 2023 will be an exciting year to be a Padres fan. Yeah, and Chase, I want to dive a little bit more into the the winning culture dynamic of all this because obviously on this team there's an immense amount of talent in the lineup, in the rotation, in the bullpen. I mean, it's it's one of the best rosters in baseball. It's not necessarily perfect, but from a, a talent perspective, um, it is right up there among the best overall rosters in the game. But how important is it to have that quote-unquote winning culture, like have a a, a sense of leadership? And, and how important is that clubhouse culture, what the relationship is between players? Because last year it was a team that appeared to be very close, and, and you could see that during the postseason, um, the way this team t- came together, the way they embraced San Diego. How important is the clubhouse quote-unquote culture element uh, to playing baseball day in, day out? It's everything. Well, I guess not literally everything because you have to have talent, like you said. But without chemistry, you're not going to go anywhere. There are plenty of amazing teams out there in the big leagues that are divided or not united. Um, The closer teams always end up going deeper. Uh, Just you pick up so much more momentum. The guys are having fun and you end up winning a lot more. Um, The dynamic in a winning clubhouse and the ones that had the best cultures while while, while I was there, uh, I really enjoyed my time with the Red Sox in 2017. Um, I mean, that's a team with a winning tradition. And as soon as I stepped into that clubhouse, everybody was talking about winning and everybody got along extremely, extremely well. They did their due diligence before bringing guys on that roster to make sure that every guy was a good teammate and a good clubhouse guy that is encouraging that will pick up their, pick up their teammates, um, regardless of how much playing time they get. Everybody had a role and the coaches knew that they were there to help the team win. I mean, there were times when, I mean, I want to stretch with the Red Sox. And mind you, this is an American League team, right? So if you're, if you're a role-playing guy like myself, sometimes you'll go weeks without playing a game. And that was me in 2017. And even though I hadn't started for 14 days in a row, I had 
uh, a trainer named Russell, come and get me. Like, Chase, come on in here. I need to get you deep tissue massage. I said, now, I don't even play. Like, there are these other guys that need to get this in, and I don't want to mess with their routine. He goes, hey, he's like, we're here to win every game, and if somebody goes down, guess who's going in? It's you. So get in here and let me get you this deep tissue massage. And Russell is well-known in that organization for really getting in there. So I was, I was hurting afterwards, but it was good for me. But when you have everybody on the team talking about winning and that's at the forefront of the mind, uh, you, you can't help but to win a little more often. And your, your brain just thinks about, like, well, what can I do to help this team win from everybody? It's, it's, it's amazing. And, and like I said, if you can have a bunch of guys that get along really well with great personalities. It just makes it that much better. Yeah, and, and the different pieces on a team are so, so important. You see in the postseason time and time again how important the bench is, things like that. It's uh, it, it's uh, about the stars and about the top talent, but it's also in, in so many situations about uh, the team as a whole and, and utilizing all 26 guys on the roster. Chase, I want to dive a little bit deeper into your time with the Red Sox organization in 2017, you got a, a chance to see Xander Bogarts in that clubhouse. Uh, the Padres signing him to a, a big deal, uh, one of the biggest signings of the offseason. He'll be a shortstop here in San Diego for a long time. And Chase, I'll tell you, when when I was talking to people about Bogarts, everyone, and I mean everybody I talked to about Xander Bogarts, whether it was uh, in Boston, whether it was around the winter meetings, everybody just raved about him as a player but also as a person and then I got a chance to meet him and and talk to him uh, after his press conference here in San Diego and uh, I got that same vibe I mean you got that feeling of uh, how good a a guy this uh, how good a guy Bogarts is and, and the kind of teammate he is what stood out to you about Xander Bogarts during that time with the Red Sox yeah he made me feel so welcome Right from the start, I, I felt like he and I had been teammates for years, as well as everybody else on that team. But Bogey really stood out. I mean, you got a, a multilingual athlete who can get along with just that many more people because there isn't that language barrier. Um, he's extremely encouraging. Um, he's had, it, whether he had a good game or a bad game, he was always the same guy. And we hear that all the time, right, in baseball. You don't want to get too high or too low. But he just always seemed to be um, very positive and in and, and, and a good mood. Um, he had an amazing group of leaders ahead of him to show him how to be a leader. I mean, think about the guys that this guy's been in the clubhouse with. Big Poppy, Dustin Pedroia, Manny Ramirez, David Price, Chris Sale, Mookie Betts. Just, I, that's just a few. There have been plenty of others along the way. So he's had the opportunity to be exposed to some really high-caliber players that were amazing on the field um, and also in the clubhouse. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the same feeling that I got from Ozzy Albis when I met him when he was in the minor leagues. In 2016, I, uh, I was with the, the Braves and had a chance to meet Ozzy when he was in high A. I think it was during spring training. And just getting a feel for him um, during a game, we both didn't start that day. And, and I just thought to myself, like, wow, this kid is amazing. Like, I really hope that he gets there because he seemed like he's a good human being that treats everybody the same, doesn't tolerate bullying, but also a competitor. And they just so happen to both be from Curacao. So there's something about that place. 
Yeah, and, and speaking of uh, Atlanta, I, I want to ask you, and I know you didn't you know, do catching in the major leagues, but obviously your brother Travis has, has been a catcher in the major leagues for a long time and has really put together a, a very, very nice career. One of the things I was talking about uh, a couple of weeks ago on uh, while I was filling in on one of the talk shows on 97.3, the fan was the Padres have a young catcher, Luis Campusano, who probably will get quite a bit more playing time this season than what he's seen when he's been up in the big leagues the last few few years um chase what what have you uh learned from your brother heard from your brother about that adjustment as a catcher not maybe not so much on the offensive side but on the game calling and receiving side of making that transition from the minor leagues to the major leagues and handling a big league staff what what are some of the difficulties you've heard about that maybe from your brother (laughs) that's a a great question i wish that i'd try with you to answer that for you but I, i have I have talked to him about this before in the past. And last year, uh, we got to see that with Contreras. And Travis had, um, um, was it William? Or am I getting mixed up? Wilson. No, William. Yeah, William was with Atlanta, yeah. That's right. And he did a fantastic job at the plate, did he not? Um, At the beginning, uh, if he really locked in, and and maybe only catchers would pick up on these kind of things, but the way that he called the game changed over the year. Uh, There was a lot of maturation that, that had to happen at that level. I think that that's a big adjustment, but it just depends where every catcher is at that point in time. There's so many little nuances uh, that catchers pick up over time throughout their career. But I think that the fact that he has uh, Nola there, who, who's a fierce competitor, and, and I've loved his journey, and I've, I'm so happy to have seen him have the success that he has, but I know that he'll do a great job of, of serving as, as a mentor um, because it's, 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 um, there's certain things that can't be taught um, unless it's from a mentor that wants to help you. So knowing knowing Nola, I know that he's going to serve as a, as a great mentor. Yeah, that's a uh, it's a really good point. Having somebody like Austin Nola there and to learn from uh, could be very important this season for somebody like Luis Campisano. A uh, final thing for you, Chase. Uh, yeah. You're a, you're a Southern California native. Um, this Padres Dodgers rivalry is is really starting to heat up based on what happened in the NLDS last year with the Padres beating the LA Dodgers and then with the Padres continuing to make significant moves in the offseason continuing to spend money it's been an interesting offseason for the Dodgers in the sense of it's it's been different uh from what we've seen in years past where they would go out and spend a ton of money on big time free agents it, it has not been that way during this offseason um, Chase, how do you view this uh, Padres-Dodgers matchup, this rivalry both on the field, on paper, but also, I guess, in, in the emotional sense uh, as we get ready for spring training in, in what most people think is going to be a much, much tighter division race than what we've seen in years past? Yeah, I am surprised to see the less movement with the Dodgers roster. I mean, the Padres obviously are gearing up to have a successful season, which is what Padres fans want to see, right? I mean, I'm, I'm more familiar with what's going on with the Padres just because there's been a lot more movement. Um, last year was a huge season. In my opinion, beating the Dodgers to advance in playoffs that last year needed to happen because for this season coming up in 2023, they have that momentum and added confidence um, after beating them. Uh, man, they did a great job offensively, defensively. The staff shut them down. I think that they um, – Gosh, the bullpen did an amazing job. So, like, just start to finish, uh, I, I'm, 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 I expect the Padres to uh, beat the Dodgers more often than not this season. 
Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, but that's uh, look. I, I think that's music to a lot of uh, San Diego's fans' ears. They want to see the Padres beat the Dodgers in the regular season, and uh, I, I would suppose at the very least make this a very very competitive uh, division race, which it is. You know, let's be frank, has is really not been over the course of the last handful of years. But um, it's shaping up to be very very interesting. Chase, really appreciate the yeah, time. There's also Bob Melvin. Oh, right, sorry. right. No, no. Go ahead. Interrupt you. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bob Melvin has done great. I mean, he's uh, he's known as a player's coach. I've heard a lot of really nice things about him. And uh, yeah. gosh, I remember this time when Musgrove was pitching in New York during playoffs. I, I believe they were in New York, and it looked like he had a substance on his some foreign substance on his ears. And Buck Showalter said the umpires go out there and check him. But before the umpires could even get out to the mound, Bob Melvin was right there, standing next to Musgrove, showing that he had his players back. And uh, yeah, he, he obviously knows his players well and knew nothing was going on and it's, it's a really good feeling when you're playing for a manager that'll fight for you like that yeah bob melvin uh, did a great job last year his players spoke glowingly about him and uh, looking forward to what bob melvin does here in 2023 chase great insight look forward to talking to you again sometime down the road thanks so much for uh, taking some time with me to talk uh, san diego padres baseball uh, my pleasure thanks for having me That'll do it for this edition of Inside San Diego Baseball. Hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on social media, 97.3 The Fan, my social media accounts as well. And I'll talk to you next time on Inside San Diego Baseball.